You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. Yo. Hey, it's been a while. It has. It's been since, um, I want to say, well, our last episode was, wasn't the one with Devin, was it? I can't even remember off the top of my head anymore. Dude, I think it was the three of us, you, me, and Luke. Yes, like, yes, you're right. You're long right. time ago. Yeah, we had Luke. Yeah. Um, it's been over a month. It's probably been like six weeks. I thought you were going to say six months. I was like, six months. I don't it's know been about like, that. Yeah, it's been like six months. <laughs> uh, no, it's been it's been like six weeks. Um, and hang on. There's a nice little chord. Yep. That was the remnants of the intro track. Mm. Sorry about that. So, um, yeah, it has been over a month. I'm guessing about six weeks. <laughs> um, my life was just non-stop insanity for like six weeks <laughs> yeah um yeah. and i would say out of that six week uh period uh i don't want to over dramatize it i don't i don't want to call it uh, a trial per se um because it wasn't necessarily like i went through anything difficult um at least not in my physical circumstances uh it was work related you know we had um, you know, I've talked a little bit to you guys about what I do for a living, what my job is. Um, I'm in a small family business and, you know, we sell, uh, sterling silver jewelry and we, we import our own goods from overseas. Um, we don't have anyone else who does that for us. So we, or I say we meaning as a company, but really it's, it's my dad who, uh, he, he's the one who goes overseas and does all the importing himself. And then when that stuff comes back, uh, it is all hands on deck to get all of that product processed, uh, priced. So we actually print like these labels. We have this um, fairly sophisticated label printer, and we print them out and we tag everything, and then we you know sort everything by its kind, and then we integrate it with the old. And that is a daunting task because most businesses they restock like frequently and regularly. And ours doesn't really get to do that just because it's so uh, it's so difficult to get the product. You have to go through so much, you know. Yeah. You have to you have to go all the way overseas, and you've got to pick it out yourself. And it's not this isn't like mail order, like where you look at it at a on a catalog, or it's not like Amazon.com where you have all the stuff there, and then you just okay, I'll take some of this, and I'll pick this, and I'll add it to my cart, and then it just shows up at my house. You've got to go there, um, and you know you're you're doing business in a in countries that aren't. Um, well, Thailand is a developing country, but I'd say they're pretty much third world countries. So, mm. um, good food, know. right? Oh, the, the food is great mm. for sure. 
Uh, I've been twice, but I don't mean to get long-winded about this, but the point is it was, it was, it was work-related projects that kept me away from everything. And it wasn't like a trial in the sense that it didn't, uh, challenge my everyday day-to-day living comfort, uh, in terms of like my modern conveniences, like we were working from home mostly. So I was still sleeping in my own bed and I was still eating my home cooked food and I wasn't having to like get up early, but it did it provide me with a test. Uh, I would say mentally, um, just because every day was like rat race. I was like reliving the same <laughs> day every day. And cause I was doing like the same thing. Rat, rat hog day. <laughs> rat race. Yeah. What, what was I saying? That, I meant groundhog that, day. That joke there. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, your your joke is what made me realize that I totally said rat race instead no, of no, no. But but rat race is like you know crazy like nonstop work though. It's the same thing. So I was just I was trying to make a, a somewhat funny joke, a play on words, but didn't really go through. Very yes, well. yes, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, it was a challenge. It was it was a mental challenge. It was it was mental endurance. And I and I got to a point where I was almost on the brink of insanity. I felt like, and I just didn't, I just didn't want to go any further. And it had me questioning a lot of things, uh, mm. and it had me, uh, it kind of in a way forced me to reorganize and rethink my priorities in life, um, including this podcast. And I got to be honest with you guys, this podcast didn't really make the cut in terms of uh, being one of the top priorities in my life. Uh, so. Does that mean that the podcast is going to go away? No, it doesn't. Does that mean that the podcast isn't necessarily going to stick to a consistent release schedule? Yes, it does. That's not going to be by design. That's not because I want it to be that way. That's simply going to be because it's going to have to be that way. Because I I have a job that at certain periods just absolutely takes over my life and just monopolizes my time. And there's nothing that I can do about that, really, um, except I found that the only remedy that I have for when work just takes over my life, like the only uh, counterpunch that I can throw to that, if you will, is late nights. Meaning once everyone else has gone to bed, I stay up late for an extra two to three hours, um, and that is the free time that I get. So that's the time that I get to work on music or it basically that's the time that I get to to do what I want to do. The stuff that I wish that I could be doing during the day, the stuff that I'm thinking about during the day that I'm daydreaming. About. It's kind of nice. You know though. what I mean? <laughs> I mean, besides the fact that you're losing sleep, I, I like working late at night because nobody's going to text me or, or call me or, you know, nobody's going to like try to contact me in any way. Yeah. So you just have the the night to fall back on and just pure concentration. Yeah. So there's an upside to that. I'm sorry. I'm just getting this white noise on your microphone, and it's really, really distracting me. Um, Hmm. Fridge is off now. Hmm? The fridge is off, so I don't think... Yeah. Um, I, I hear what you're talking about. I can only gate so much before I'm cutting off like some of the words that yeah. you say. You yeah. know what I mean? I do. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's just live with it. Mm. Let's just let's just uh, deal with it. 
Two cans aren't real. <laughs> Deal with it. Okay. That was a real moment. Should I leave that in? Everything? Yeah. Just yeah. be real with the audience and let yeah, that, we, that we didn't, moment. We didn't of, yell and scream and throw things and swear and be like, "What the hell is this noise?" <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no, just sweared. We kept sw- we kept swore, our composure. Sweared. <laughs> yeah, we. You see that we kept our composure there. Yeah. See, Nick just kicked his microphone stand. Yeah, I'm gonna so leave that in too. Yeah, I kicked something in, in pure anger. <laughs> yeah, Nick is is very comfortable right now. He's on a uh, a recl- a pseudo recliner. Yeah, my it's more feet, like a rocking chair than a recliner. My feet are higher than my chest right now. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe than the top of my head even. It, you're practically reclining right now. I am. Which is like a big no no in broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Could you imagine a radio host like <laughs> laying down in a lazy boy? With his feet up on the desk, <laughs> knocking stuff over. <laughs> uh, get me a beer while you're at it. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so not to belabor the point, guys, but um, as I was saying, because of the way things are structured in my life, uh, I was recently kind of mentally tested. That caused me to rethink my priorities and reorganize them. And this podcast didn't make the cut in the, I'd say, top two or three hmm. priorities in my life. Um, and I know once I say that, you're going to say, well, what are they then? Right? You just <laughs> thought that. dying to know. You, you just thought that, right? I did, actually. Yes. I definitely did, yeah. Okay. Well, I may as well answer that question then. Um, girlfriend family slash close friends and uh this side business that i want to start Hmm. those are like my top three right now nice which leads it that's a segue for the next thing um on the on the on the question of rethinking priorities uh or you know or at least in terms of thinking ahead of what you want your life to look like in five years in ten years what you want to be doing with your life, what mm-hmm. you want to be active. Do you think that far ahead? Do you have time horizons five years into the future or ten years into the future? Mm. I know that there's no such thing as, like, planning the future, and there's no such yeah. thing as, like, I mean, like unpredictable things will happen, but do you, I'm just saying, do you, in your mind, do you even think in those kinds of time No, I, I totally do, but I don't know if I put a number, uh, as in number of years, on those thoughts. I think it's like... Yeah. What am I going to be doing in the future? And I think, like, subconsciously, I probably have an idea of how many years I'm thinking ahead, but more, it's more like I project a certain amount of years, but I'm not really sure of exactly how many years I'm thinking. I'm just like, what am I going to be doing then? And I don't you know, think, I think like it's that cable. five years. This cable? Yeah. Ooh. Test, test. Oh, problem solved. Good call. Yeah, except the problem really isn't solved because if, and it is for now, but if you wiggle the cable the wrong way, that might come back. I think it wasn't in all the way. Okay. There we go. You know, so we had a problem on air and we mentioned it. We fixed it. You guys all witnessed that. You know what? I'm leaving all this in. I don't even care. Dude, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into this thing and just start heavily editing. No, there's no reason to do that. Forget that. That that's consistent with what I'm talking about. Not having enough time to do things. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna release this, genuine, unedited as it is, candid. You know, mm-hmm. just go for it as if this thing was live. Yeah. Um. So, um. 
I'm sorry. I got a little. I got a little bit distracted by that. So I only heard about the first half of what you said. Yeah. So can what, you repeat that? Sure. I was just saying, like, I do project when I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing in, in, you know, in the future. I, I definitely think about that, but I don't put an exact like five years, ten years. I just think five years, ten, five years, years ten years. Get out. <laughs> I'm I'm also just laughing by the fact that you're rocking back and forth right now, so you're. Your voice keeps going back and forth uh, between sounding close uh, and far. <laughs> there we uh, go. Um, yeah, I don't put an exact amount of years on it, but I do think about what I'm going to be doing for sure, yeah. where I'm going to be. So you don't think about it in like the exact numbers. You don't think, oh, exactly five years. Mm-mm. Do you even think like, okay, what what about when maybe I'm like a 35-year-old yes. guy? Like where am I going to be? I think of like milestones. Like to me. And what? how do you define milestones? Like. Uh, I, I don't know. 30 is always a big one for me. Like okay. when I'm 30, when I'm like, when I was probably 10, you know, 12 years old, even younger, I can remember, heck dude. I remember when I was like five and six thinking like, wow, what's it going to be like to be 20? I'm yeah. In college when I'm 20. Yeah. I, I, oh no. I was just thinking this the other day, the same thing. Like yeah. I used to feel like 24 years old or 25 years old. Like that was a really old, Yeah. not really old. Like, uh, you know, senior citizen, like old and decrepit, your body's breaking down. Mm-hmm. I, what I meant by that is like, I used to view a 25 year old person as someone who was like a fully developed adult. That is like, um, excuse me. Uh, excuse you know, me. yeah. Excuse me. Somebody who's, uh, just kind of got their stuff together. Like they're an adult they are fully like matured and you know they're out there in the world and in some cases even have families already i just i just thought like oh a 25 year old that's yeah that's that's pretty old and and now like i'm almost 25 and i'm like no like when you're 25 you're not really like that far mm-hmm. <laughs> and know? it keeps going like, forward yeah, when I'm, you reach 25 you're like well it's it's not really and when you're 30 you're like well i'm still you know, and you keep kind of not yeah. not kicking the can down the road, but sort of, you know, you are. Right. But it's all relative. It's like perspective. Like, And another funny thing, and this is it's kind of a side note, but I remember my brother, I have an older brother who's three and a half years older than me. And when I was in high school, that three and a half year age difference was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my brother and his friends, like they were significantly older than me. Yeah. But now like that I'm out of high school for like what? Dude, it's been six years. Six years since we graduated from high school. Shit. Now that I'm six years removed from high school, like I could hypothetically be friends and hang out with someone that is my brother's age. Mm-hmm. And never once will I think about, oh, there's this big age gap between us. Yeah. You're you're 28. Right. I'm like, no, right. like I, I feel like we're peers. Yeah. We're, the- and like in high school, someone who's three years older than you is not your peer. They are like way your elder. Yeah. And when you're 25 and you're hanging out with someone who's 28 or 29 you feel like they're your peer like you're almost in the same age category mm-hmm. you know you don't feel like there's that separation yeah between you the and more them. years that you guys both accumulate together as brothers like that age gap almost gets smaller sort of yeah you know relative it becomes relatively, relatively smaller, smaller. Yeah. yeah relative to our age yeah. So when you're 18 years old, three years is one sixth of your life. Mm-hmm. So three years is a big gap. When you're 30, it's only one tenth of your life. Yeah, 10. percent So it's relatively a, 
it's objectively the same amount of time, but in relative terms, it's smaller. Especially when, like, you know, when you're, oh, say, you know, you're, you're like six and your brother is like, what, 11 or 12? Or um, when you were when six. When I was six, he yeah. would have been uh, like 12, 13. Depending on what time of year it was, he would either be nine or 10. Nine or 10. So, like, yeah. when you're both younger, like, there's the maturity level is a lot different because that's when you're developing, you know? Yeah, and there's but a big then, difference between a six year old and a 10 year old. Exactly. So, there's that gap that development that goes on between six and 12. So now that you guys are both, you know, past that age group, you're both refined adults, then you can just kind of, that's another thing that helps that gap just kind of disappear as you both get older. You've both been through all that. It becomes so much less significant. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was just a side note, but that definitely sparked that thought in my mind, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, something to think about. But yeah, dude, I've, I think as time goes on, I think more and more in those sort of time horizons mm-hmm. of like, where am I going to be when I'm thirty or when, yeah. or ten years from now? Yeah, like because and what direction am I heading in now? Like what course? Because you know what we're doing today, the decisions that we're making today, um, what we're doing for a living now, how we make a living, the skills that we have now, and, and et cetera, et cetera. All of that, those are all like on their own. They're small little tidbits, but cu- they have a cumulative effect. Mm-hmm. Like all of them put together adds up into something, and that something has a certain direction that it's going. Now, the question is do you know what that direction is? Are you setting it? Are you guiding that, that direction that you're heading in? Or is it driving you, basically? And so that was one of the big thoughts that uh, I've been wrestling with. Lately. That's been one of the big ideas that's just been in my head, like virtually nonstop. It's just like this, this idea of, um, am I setting a direction in my life? Am, am, I, am I guiding the course to which I'm taking? Am I making decisions today that are putting me on the path towards where I want to go? Hmm. And part of that means defining where you want to go. Okay. Right, right, right. That's another question too that yeah. just goes along with it. You can't know that you're on your way to getting where you want to go if you haven't even decided where you mm-hmm. want to go. Yeah, you, um, you can't measure your progress if you don't have any goals set. Essentially, yes. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good way of putting it. It's a, a simpler way of putting it. Mm. Uh, a lot of times you distill I'm things. I'm good and, at that. Yeah, you, <laughs> simple as... Yeah, you're a... You, no, no, but that's a skill. <laughs> Don't don't laugh at yourself for that because that is a skill. That's called, I'm going to call that uh, distillation, because you you take something that's a little more complicated, and you just distill it into the simplest parts, which is mm. very useful actually. Helps mm. for communication. Yeah. I find myself doing that to other people, but it's funny because like you do it to me, so that means you're even better at it than me. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I think the reason I do it is because like I. Th- think i understand what you're saying but i i say it i i give another example to make sure that like we have that connection like to oh, make sure we're on the same page yeah yeah, yeah. like you say oh, yeah. that is what i mean yeah. yes yes so that's my way of saying danny is that, is that that's like your way of me? clarifying basically. yeah 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 no that that's yeah. good that you do that it's important yeah but um yeah so yeah you have to know where you're going like yeah. you got to have a goal in order to measure your progress towards the goal yeah um for sure. Yeah, and, and and so the flip side of that, the other side of the coin is 
you don't have a direction. You're aimless. Mm-hmm. You're either going towards a dead end or you're just wandering and you have no direction. You're just walking for the sake of walking, you know? Mm. Um, and that's not maybe not always a bad thing. And I know that there's that cliche about not all who wander are lost, but mm-hmm. most people who wander are lost, <laughs> I think. Um, mm. yeah. So I just don't want to be one of those wanderers. I want to have a direction. So um, let me... Let me turn it over to you then, and I'm going to pose the question. On this topic of setting a direction in your life, where do you feel like you're at with that? Mm. That's a big open-ended, so you can answer that however you want. Yeah. um, I definitely know what I like to do, that's for sure. Um, I know what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I know what I love to do, whether or not it is. See, we're getting a little more of that that interference back. What's going on there? There we go. I know what I love to do whether or not it brings me money or not. So I think I think we talked about that on previous episodes. Like if you're doing something and you're not getting paid for it and you still do it and you even spend money to do that, yeah, that's something. That's that, called passion. Yeah. So I know what... And passion I, is a word that at literal definition is suffering. So yeah. if you're willing to... If you're willing to do something that actually loses you money and it really costs you something, mm-hmm. you're suffering for it, yeah. essentially. So yeah. you know that it's real passion. Yeah. And you've, you've got things in your life that are real passion. Mm-hmm. So I would say, Danny, that I I know what I love to do and I know what I'm passionate about. Um, but I just don't really know. There's a few things like that in my life that I love. I love making... Uh, video editing is one. Photography is another. Uh, music is another. Um, so I'm not exactly sure which one of these things that I want to really focus on. I'm still trying to figure that out and I'm not sure yet, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to fall along the lines of photography, um, some sort of video film, one of those things, telling a story, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be from pictures or video. Yeah. Um, so one of those two things, man, I think that's what I figured out that I love to do because, you know, video and, and photography, it kind of, it's a way to take all of these other things that I love to do and tell a story with them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're illustrations. Yeah. You're, you're illustrating like, dude, my dream job would be to have a very successful YouTube channel with a few million subscribers. And just vlog. Hmm. And just like... Like a mix between yeah, Casey Neistat and exactly, Hank Exactly, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's me getting, uh, you know, like Google ads, paying for all my stuff. Right. Paying for what I do. And it's just videos of me going out, getting, you know, videos of, of me, yeah. how I take pictures of lightning. Here's a tornado. Here's yeah. me and flying RC airplanes. Here's me flying a real airplane. And then airplane. you're famous enough to where you're getting sponsorships yes. and all kinds of stuff. And I thought yeah. I wanted to talk about this on the next episode actually I thought about this a couple weeks ago I forgot to tell you but that is my dream job I'm glad you said that exact phrase dream job because yeah. that's also something I've thought about oh perfect yeah Look at that. Uh, can you guess what my dream job is I don't think Ye- you're going to be able to guess it uh, probably to have your own studio and, and yeah that's kind of that is uh, that is a dream job but it's not my number one actually. Hmm. But cuz if we're talking about dream jobs, we're talking about you 
like literally only doing exactly what you want would love to do yeah 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 and yeah, not yeah. ever thinking about the financial ramifications that go into <laughs> exactly, it exactly yeah okay and so this owning a studio and operating it and you know doing sessions and stuff i'd say like 90 percent of that is because of the heart and the love for it but 10 percent of that would still be me thinking about the mm-hmm. the money side of it hmm. i mean when i'm running it as a business obviously i'll be thinking about the money a lot but i'm saying like 10 percent of the motivation behind it is it needs to make money. Um, just like traveling and getting paid to do that, sampling no, no. different states. No. no, the first one is closer. It's just oh, uh, uh, so if I'm not recording music and recording people and mixing, then what am I doing with music? It's musical writing, writing, right? Yeah. And what will I write? You will write. Um, soundtrack exactly yes yeah. yeah that's my dream job my dream job is basically what what guys like han zimmer and what's that other guy thomas newman newman yeah. probably neumann right he's german it could be yeah. is he german i don't know i'm not yeah. sure and we had christopher fronson on this show ah yes um yeah i look at guys like that and i go that's my dream job my dream job <laughs> yeah. is being being in the studio cave and just writing whatever the hell I want every day. Yeah. Dude. And specifically specifically in the soundtrack genre because that music it just speaks. Mm-hmm. Like the music is so immersive. Like there's so much emotion it's huge. and uh only reverb and delay. Uh, yeah, but those are just the tools to communicate the feelings. Mm-hmm. The bigger picture is that the music has emotion like embedded into it. Yeah, it's like impossible to like to separate it. So, uh, yeah, my dream job is to just compose film scores all day, every hmm. day, and awesome. get paid mega money to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> and your dream job is to be a ginormous YouTuber. Yeah, making films about what I love. Do some documentaries and other people now and then. Yeah. How yeah. far away are you from? Like how. How big does a YouTube channel need to get before it's Supporting sustainable uh, as a as a main income? Uh, man, that's can you a, do it off of like three hundred thousand, or do you need like a million? I think you need at least a million. Yeah, I mean, you could do it with maybe five hundred thousand, but well, here's the thing: if you yeah. have five hundred thousand supporters or subscribers, you could you'd be big enough to make enough money on, say, Patreon, mm-hmm. which you're already on, but I'm saying if you've got 500000 then you'll your Patreon will be so big you'll have to hire somebody to manage it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, you basically, you'll, you, you would need to hire somebody to just, like, be your manager, mm-hmm. someone who handles your emails, who talks to your patrons, who books things for you. Like, you would need that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh... Yeah, I don't know. What what are you around now? Subscriber count. Mm, well, the 20, whip shop 000? has 21,000 subscribers. But that's just specifically has, has that gone up a little bit recently since you've kind of put out more videos? Um, no, it's been consistent. It's, it's just been Do you steady. have a new one this month? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, I need to finish that actually. It's about uh replacing uh, uh parts on a whip that that get beaten up fairly quickly like uh 
the fall and the cracker, the two two parts of a whip that take the most abuse and how to replace them. That's going to be uh, released nice. on the, the end of this month. So. so that prompts me to ask you another question. Yeah. It's a question I've asked myself. But, sure. Um, and the answer is more clear for me as we've talked about in other conversations um, away from here. But your uh, your main job right now and your main business, your main source of income, the thing that you do every day mm-hmm. is Nick's Whip Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that is something that you want to like keep going with and want to like uh, great question yeah i mean like so here's the question like how much longer do you really want to keep doing it do you ever see yourself want wanting to stop and transition into something else dude absolutely like i would do it now if i could like i really want to get into aerial photography like drone work since i just recently got my part 107 faa like commercial drone license um, if I knew that tomorrow I could start making equivalent money or more money flying drones and getting aerial photography for people, I would say, okay, I'm done making whips commercially. I'm done making whips for people, but I want to keep the YouTube channel going Yeah, and make like... Would you still keep it open to like a handful of custom orders here and there? Yeah. I really would. And and the whips that I used in my once per month video or once per week or however many Patreons allow me to do so, uh, I would sell those whips on my, my website, you know. But I, I really, my goal is to bring the number of custom orders down because it's hurting my hands. It's not something that yeah. I'm going to be able to do forever. No way. So if, if I could give you a time So how frame, do you do it? Oh. That's a great question, man. Start. I mean, you've already you're already in you're in a good spot because you've already created celebrity and authority in your niche. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very done. Yes, that is huge. I'm I'm, gonna need to do that for my business, mm -hmm. and that doesn't come easy. No, and and for me, quite frankly, it it came almost by accident, really. So you know, making that video on how to make a whip, I knew it would get a good amount of views, but I never knew that it would drive my business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's the main thing. Yeah, I need so, one of those. And I'm I'm really torn because I hate I, I almost feel like stopping these custom custom whip orders and just moving on to something else is like throwing a throwing something away. It's turning off the spigot yeah. of money. That's yeah, and it's like I, I look at myself, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, whip making, I've got twenty one thousand people who watch my videos. I look at Everything else that I do and enjoy it and want to be well-known and want to make money. I'm like, guitar, nobody. Photography, I got nobody compared to Nick's Whip Shop. Right. So I feel like I really need like, to hone there in. Is, there is no comparable audience for anything else that no, you do. No, absolutely not. So I feel like, would it be stupid for me to just be like, well, I'm done making whips. I'll do a video now and then. I feel like it would be. But at the same time, it's not my passion. It's not my dream. It's not what makes me get up in the morning and go... Oh, I want to go downstairs and and make whips. Like mm-hmm. that's that's not my. I don't love it. Like I yeah. I get satisfaction from it. I'm thankful for it. Although yeah. I complain a lot, which is we all do. It's a human <laughs> yeah. tendency. And yeah. like, I I make okay money with what I do now. Yeah, I'm not getting rich by any means. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're not getting rich no. either. But you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're living. 
you're you're able to sustain yourself for now with the way things are going. Yeah. You know, being yeah. a younger single guy, you're you're it's not like you have these huge, massive living expenses, so you're able to do okay. Mm-hmm. Um but um I don't know. It's it's just a human tendency to like not be satisfied with where you're at and then complain about it. Mm-hmm. Well, more yeah, so yeah. the complaining. I think there can be there can be a healthy aspect to not being satisfied with where you're at as long as you let that be something that drives you to to get closer to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, I feel like I'm even more so like complaining about where I'm at. Uh, I feel like I'm. I feel like every day that I get up and do this, man, this the music is providing this <laughs> texture that sounds like I'm giving like some sort of inspirational yeah, talk. Yeah. This this ain't no inspiration, people. But let it be. Let just let yeah, it happen. Let just, it happen. Let it happen. Let it. Yeah. And 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 you get up every day, and that's when you realize that I can do this. Yeah, I can do. You're it. not satisfied with her. <laughs> you're ready for change. <gasps> You're ready to make a change, and change is for today. You don't have to wait until tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's within reach. All you gotta do is just reach out and, t- and grab. Yeah, just like a hiding in a happy little bush over there. Just gonna put a little nice little just couple trees there. That's exactly right, <laughs> Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. Well. The music is the sign that it's time to take a break, so oh. we may as well just take a break. You ready for this? Let's do it. Okay, we're back. We're back. Hey, hey. All right. So we were talking about um, <laughs> we were talking about how do you transition from being in a place where you don't you either dislike your job or don't care for it very much, and 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 moving in that direction of getting to a point where you get up every day and you're doing a job you like mm-hmm. you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's if somebody's got an answer for that, that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And where I want to go right now with in terms of like what does it look like for me to be doing a job that I want to do? Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's working with artists, musicians specifically, I'll be more specific. It's working with musicians and producing them and recording them and mixing their music mm-hmm. and getting paid. Like that's it's, that's what I want my job to be. It's such a fine balance because if you have something that's going for you and you're making a decent amount of money, you don't want to just cut that off prematurely before you have this plan B, which you oh, yeah. want more. You, you you don't want to cut what's working for you off too soon. You know what I mean? And that might that might mean that you gotta yeah. sacrifice 
you know, be up later, you know, lose some sleep, you know, perfecting this plan B yeah. that you're going to go to next. Put in while extra main, hours while to maintaining, develop something on the side, yeah, get it off the ground. Yeah, while maintaining what you already have going yeah. for you. And that's that's something, I I don't know the answer of what you should do, yeah. to, you know, to get to that point, but I know what you shouldn't do. And I think that's one of yeah. them. Like, don't just, like for me to just stop making whips would be very stupid, I think, at this point, because I don't have my, You don't have something that you can immediately do. To make to, the equivalent amount of money or right. more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's very possible you could go out and get a job, but there isn't a job waiting for you. It, you That would be a process that would take yeah. time. Yeah. So, so. It's, it's, it's just going to require a little bit extra, you know, some overtime, a little extra work. And, yep. But I think and that's in, one thing that's another, important. Another thing, do. yeah, and be saving too what, as, as you go along. Absolutely. Don't spend everything you make. You got you to gotta save. Yeah, yeah. Because when the, the day can come when things get lean, and if you don't have something to fall back on, mm-hmm. you know you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You got to have something to fall back on in terms of some kind of savings or something. But dude, that's uh, why I've been uh, fishing for steelhead trout. Yeah, <laughs> save money at the grocery store. <laughs> there you go. Too bad they won't bite anything. But the seven hours that you spent there was seven <laughs> hours that you didn't work yeah. and earn money so right. i don't know if you say it was a waste of everything <laughs> yeah. well you had fun right yeah I'm at first go back again soon <laughs> dude i got this unhealthy obsession with things i want to try i like i don't stop until i like get it you know i want to get one of those fish yep you know whether or not and, that, and that, yeah there's a sense of like conquering mm-hmm. you know you were with that. That's why you got that anvil. Like you were just yeah. obsessed with getting one mm-hmm. and getting into forging. And then you did it for a little bit. And then you're like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. Next thing. The goal was reached. I'm like, okay, I can move right. on to something else. Right. Because you're very much that guy who will, you'll, don't take this the wrong way because you're not oh, a shallow God. guy. That's not how I mean this comment at all. But you're very, how it, dare you? In a, <laughs> in a lot of, I haven't even said it yet. In a lot of ways, you're the guy who is a mile wide and an inch deep. Huh. Does that make sense? It does. So you're 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 into so many different things, but there's not very many things you can point to and say, yeah, but he's like really into this one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's whips because that's your job, but mm. the other stuff yeah. is like so many fun things. You'll to do. get to like the beginner stage, and maybe you'll get into maybe intermediate territory, and then you won't go past that. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's because you hit the brick wall of okay, if I want to go any further, I'm gonna stop doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah, either you got to stop doing other stuff, or you have to start committing more time and money yeah. into this to go further. Yeah, you're right. and you're like, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. be investing hours and time and money into this. Yeah, to get I've, more advanced. I've definitely thought about that, yeah. and man, I I do want to commit more energy into one thing and, and move more towards mastering something than. Than just being a, well, you're on your way to becoming a West West <laughs> master West. whip maker. I hope so. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's just going to happen just because of the hours that you mm-hmm. spend on it. True. So it's almost an inevitability. Um, What's twelve times two hundred fifty? Uh, twenty five hundred. Three thousand. I think so. Three thousand. So, I'm. I think you're three thousand like, hours right now. No, that's like, you know, plus all the knots, plus the longer whips. I think I've got about probably six thousand five hundred hours making whips. Nice. So you're not at the ten thousand hour yet. No. 
Yeah, it takes a while. By no yeah. means am I even close to 10,000 hours with recording and production and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm just really... I really only have like two, two mixes, two or three mixes under my belt of just where I didn't record the stuff like... I got the tracks, someone else recorded it, and I'm just mm-hmm. the mixer. But that's what's going to be, you know, if you want to become like a mixer, that's what's going to be the majority of it, you know, unless, you know, you want to do the recording too. But uh, I, w- I would I would prefer to just be the mixer. Old Dave Pensado, that's what he right. did. Right, yeah, he's got it made now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder if all this is going to have to lead me into Los Angeles someday. Probably, yeah. I hope not. I mean, I, you can, dude, you can Chicago it, man. I don't even, but I don't, I don't want to live in Chicago, though. Yeah, true. We just discussed that Chicago upstairs. sucks. <laughs> we were just talking about this I mean, upstairs in the kitchen. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I mean, Chicago is an awesome city, but it's not a place I want to live. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah, likewise. Um, no, I, I mean, I don't see why you can't just do it online. I mean, that makes oh, it hard yeah. to record people, but uh, I don't know. Hey, you know, some hey, maybe someday things are going to get so good with the internet and just like remote where you're not even going to have to uh be in, like we already have some of this now where you don't really necessarily need to be in the same room with someone to record with them. Mm-hmm. But like is there a way to record music, like actual session through the internet? Think about like an actual legitimate substitute to walking into a very nice studio that has thousands and thousands of dollars worth of nice equipment in a very nicely tuned room and having skilled musicians on hand and having experienced producers. Like, is there ever going to be a legitimate substitute for that? Nothing will ever be the same thing, of course. But is there ever going to be a way like, yeah, man, like, yeah, I I don't have to be in person with you to like produce you and help you record your record. Hmm. Is there? I don't know. Is there I a technological? Can't, I can't imagine it. I can't either. But we couldn't ago, imagine. I couldn't imagine the internet. You know, right? So then there's that. Who yeah. knows, man? Who knows? I think that's part but of the fun of it, though. You can do nice... mixing though, because all all you have to do is share files. Mm-hmm. All the heavy lifting of recording has been done already. I feel like if it is going to go in that direction, everything is going to be just straight up VST digital. You know what I mean? Virtual instruments. Like, if it's going to be, I don't know. Just, yeah, but there's still the question of vocals. That, yeah. as long, unless you're doing pure instrumental music, um, then all music is going to still have vocals in it. And so there's always going to be at least one acoustic instrument, mm-hmm. the voice, where you have to have a microphone to record it. So hmm. um, how do you record some a singer remotely? Well, you'd have to have that singer be in their own room or space that's dead enough, that's tuned enough. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking to them through Skype. Mm-hmm. And That mic, the computer mic has to be good, or they have to have something that's decent, which, you know, what is? That's yeah, like they'd have to have a nice microphone. You'd have to have somebody there who's engineering for you. Mm-hmm. You can be producing remotely, but you can't. I don't think you can engineer remotely unless... Somebody comes up with some invention, like, you know how everything is, have you heard this term, the internet of things? You ever Mm -hmm. heard that term? No. So basically it's just, well, you know how everything is being turned into smart this, smart that. Yeah, yeah. First it was smartphones, and then we have smart TVs and smart watches. So basically what that means is uh, that they're, 
they have advanced technological capabilities because they're able to like connect to the internet. Hmm. So the internet of things is basically just thinking of everything taking whatever thing and connecting it to the internet. Oh. So to the point of even like connecting your washing machine to the internet. Or your toaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, why would you do that? Oh, well, because if you connect your washing machine to the internet, then it's able to like run real-time reports of like diagnostics of its performance. Yeah. Um, and then like it can get smart and like learn how to work most efficiently with its power source and in the room that it's in and make real-time adjustments so that it's always working at optimum peak efficiency. It's like custom presets for your washing machine. Like, yeah. <laughs> so basically where I'm going with this is like imagine like say you have a microphone that's a smart microphone and that microphone connects to the internet. Hmm. And so you can have like let's say as long as you both connect to the same network or something, although that might not work because – you know, to have be on the same Wi-Fi network, you still have to be in the same physical proximity, basically. Mm -hmm. But imagine there were some sort of third part, like let's say both of you connect to, uh, you know how like you'll have a shared folder on Dropbox. Mm -hmm. So Dropbox can be like that hub where both of you meet together. So like let's say their microphone connects in, and Dropbox is just an example to illustrate that concept. But let's say that microphone connects into a certain hub and then you've got your computer that's going into that same hub so that they're so that you're basically in your computer on your end you're able to capture the audio that they're singing with their voice you know in real time into your DAW remotely how mm. about that yeah it'd probably work like a little now, technological um, advancements latency could yeah. be reduced to nearly nothing yeah we are going to need to really uh we have quite a few breakthroughs to to, to happen, I guess, before mm. we're there. You know, like we we are many steps removed from that, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Many, yeah. But yeah, that's just a side tangent. But cool thought. I uh, all of that is because I don't want to live in California. <laughs> <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, maybe I'm going to be the inventor of that just because I don't want to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and you'll end up mo moving to California anyway. It's yeah, like, what right. a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I invented this really cool thing in the yeah. meantime. So now you can afford to live in California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I patented it and then, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I feel like we're we're jumping kind of back and forth between different things, but um, I do want to hone in again on this. Like, how do you ease off of the thing that pays your bills now mm -hmm. into the thing where your heart is at. Because I, I'm a pretty real person. I am not good at faking things. Um, I can't, I really can't force myself to like things that I don't like. Mm -hmm. I can't force myself to be interested in things I'm not interested in. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can, I can only push myself in an artificial way so far. Yeah. And then, and then I'm just at the, at, I'm just at my limit. And that's another kind of challenge that happened with this, uh, the six week period I was gone. Cause I was doing all this work is like, I'm, I'm in a job right now where I, I have no natural enthusiasm or attraction to the business or the industry that I'm in zero. Hmm. That is a big disadvantage for someone with for my sure. personality type. Yeah. Um, cause I have no inherent vigor to go out and do jewelry. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care about it. It means nothing to me in so far as it's not something that I have any desire to pursue further mm-hmm. than the bare minimum to make a living. Um, whereas, we- whereas like music, audio, I, I swear, dude, like YouTube for me is a website that is like, it's not even for entertainment for me. Like I just use YouTube as an education resource because I'm I always watching videos on how to do this, how to do that, how to mix bass, how to work on this bus or whatever. Like I'm just learning more and more and more mm-hmm. and I may not be absorbing everything, but I'm just constantly, I'm attracted to wanting to learn more about that because I'm interested in it. I love it and I can't fake it on something that I don't like to do. But the problem is that the thing that I don't like is what pays the bills and the thing that I like, if I switched over to it now, I'd starve, you know, or at least until my savings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? For sure. So, and there's like this very left brain, like analyzing being smart reality thing. Why does old Hickory always come in here right, right when we're recording? Mm. Is it just a coincidence? Yeah, whenever anybody's talking down here. Pretty much. That's when she decides to interrupt. She wants to play fetch with that <laughs> thing. Whatever. Okay. We'll deal with it. Um, but Two yes. Are real. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, this is a very big problem for me. Like, this is not something that I feel like I have the power to change. Mm-hmm. Like, there are many times when I'm just like, get checked out and it almost affects my ability to perform on the job a little bit. And my parents, you know, like they want, there are times when they, the effort that I'm giving them is not an A, an A plus effort. Mm -hmm. And there's something left there to be desired. Like, uh, well, you know, we want more effort out of you. And I'm like, ah, but I like, there's just times where I feel like I can't give you the effort Mm -hmm. because I'm, I've reached my peak, my limit. I have no more output after this. You know, like I'm tapped out. What's in it? One of the examples, like, would it be setting up or just interacting with the customers or what? What part do you find most challenging? Uh, I'm naturally introverted. So definitely by the end of the day, I just don't feel like talking to people anymore because I've waited on so many customers that I just don't want to talk to people. Um, So yeah, it just, that talking to people and trying to be a, a salesman is not something I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, selling jewelry as a retail sales is like, ugh, mm. like no thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet I have to do it, you know? So that's where I'm at. Mm. I'm between the rock and the hard place. Um, and I know some of you might just be out there saying, well, you know, if you really hate it that much, why don't you just quit? And Nick, we've talked We've talked about this situation inside and out. It's not It's not necessarily that easy, is it? Mm-mm. And I can't go into all the details and stuff because those are more private matters. And uh, if it was like just my life, I might open up and talk more about it. But mm. when you got other people involved, I, I feel like it's more respectful to, to yeah. keep it private. Uh, so it's it's suffice it to say is it's really not as simple as just me quitting and walking away. Mm-hmm. Unless I just wanted to be a big jerk and I was only out for myself, then I could do it. But it would be a big stab in the back, mm-hmm. and I'm not about to do that. 
for sure. I'll compromise my integrity if I do that. So not not about to do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Plus, you know, I mean, there's there's realities, man. Like I have bills every month. Bills are due. You know, I got to pay for my car insurance. Mm-hmm. I've got to pay for my health insurance program that I have through MediShare. Um, I've I've got student loans that I'm paying on. I'm like, I'm still like, um, let me think. Uh, just under ninety. Um, I'm roughly like I'd say like twenty two thousand five hundred ish in debt right now. Mm. And I was way higher when I started. You know, I've, I've probably paid six or seven thousand down now so That's far. Pretty good. Yeah, that you is graduated good. how long ago? Um, two years. That's not bad, dude. Yeah, better than most people, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. But don't you think that it makes practical common sense to like hang on to a steady job that's paying your bills and yeah, it's helping that, you get out of debt? Yeah. That's but, kinda, you, but you hate it? Yeah. <laughs> or not totally hate it. There's parts of it you hate and there are times when you hate it. What do you hate most about it? If if that's something you want to discuss on the air, yeah, well, I'll tell you what I hate most about mine. I'll tell you what I hate most about my job is the periods in which the uh, workload gets so overwhelming that my whole life just gets consumed. Yeah, and by that I mean like where like what just happened where I worked like thirty something maybe when I were I worked about forty straight days with n- not one day off. Jeez. Let me tell you. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, it's miserable. That sucks. Um, and there are like more micro situations of that same thing that happen throughout the year. That's that's specific to two times a year because, you know, we're restocking. But uh, there are other times during the year when we'll have like a 10-day run where we were just busy for 10 days straight and there wasn't a day off for 10 days and we were just running, 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 running yeah. at high octane, 100 miles an hour. Like I... I basically hate the feeling of being rushed and having to force myself to get things done and always feeling like I'm running behind on everything mm-hmm. and like I have a mountain of stuff and I barely get in get into like even scratching the surface of what needs to get done. Yeah. Uh and just getting the bare minimum done and feeling like I'm not doing a, even a great job of it. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Does that, does it that, does. Does that answer mean anything to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? What's your most hated part? Um, my most hated part is that it's potentially permanently destroying my, my body. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. That's too. the number <laughs> one thing that I hate about my job is that it's, little by little uh ruining my hands yeah and let me let me well you saying that kind of makes me think almost the same thing Mm -hmm. another thing that i don't like about this job is uh so much of it is uh, is road oriented Mm -hmm. and like on the road lifestyle is like much more unhealthy than when you're at home because you don't get to have routines Mm -hmm. um or, or it's a let me put it this way it's a different kind of routine um, it's not like a stable, consistent thing that you can repeat every day. And most people, and some people don't want to have predictable routines every day anyway. 
But for those that like that kind of thing, then any job that requires you to go on the road is not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about how, how much is appropriate to say. Um, I think I can say this though. Um, for example, my parents, they've been, they've been, they've been doing this business for many years. Um, since before I was born. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there are consequences that they live with today as a result of all of that wear and tear. Like it's, it's a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. Uh, it has added up to where they are physically more unhealthy. Their bodies are more worn down. Uh, and it's certainly had some effects even, uh, relationally, you know, like I think, uh, your relationship with somebody takes on a different uh, character, I guess, when you've done when you've done so much work with them in all these different situations for so long. Like, um, it just changes the character of a relationship compared to if you wouldn't have done that, right? Yeah. So uh, I think there's definitely some things that um, get affected by doing that but you know basically let me just be really blunt here um i think that if i continue with this business the same way that my parents do it and i'm on the road a lot um let's just say 15 to 20 years from now i'm gonna be fat and overweight and out of shape Mm. and, and and unhealthy um now, the good thing is, and, and I'm also probably going to hurt my back. Like, my back is going to be also um, not ruined, but it's, it's like, my back won't be in great shape either from all the lifting mm-hmm. of boxes and stuff, um, which I'm, there are times now where I, my body will ache in certain areas. And the thing is, the good news is I'm still pretty young. So any, even long days of work with many hours and then lifting and all this that, kind of makes my body ache a little bit or makes me a little sore. Mm. The good news is I'm young enough to where I can still bounce back, like a day or two of recovery where I get to sleep and then I don't have to work that hard for a few days or whatever, and I can recover and get back to feeling um, pretty normal again, and I'm not, like, in pain. Mm. But 20 years from now, I I would be. I would I would feel it, you know. And I would probably still feel some pain and my back would probably have a little bit of pain and I'd, and I'd be kind of fat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think the silver lining there is like, um, it's not too late. And a lot of that is reversible in the sense that, you know, if I quit doing this and just change my job and kind of my life and how I do things, then, um, you know, you can always lose weight and mm-hmm. get in shape. Yeah. And keep your back healthy. But I think for you, unfortunately, a lot of the damage that you've done to your hands is not reversible. No, it's permanent. Yeah, these are never going to straighten out. My fingers are very, especially my right hand, because I favor my left hand because I play guitar and I'm conscious of that. Mm -hmm. My fingers are very warped and they never used to be like like this. Surgery or something could fix it? (sighs) Maybe. I don't know. I feel the pain though when I open and close my hands. Yeah, especially in the winter. Winter's rough, and uh, 
Yeah, it's not going to get any yeah, better. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you feel a little ache in your bones in yes. the winter? A lot. Does do uh do your hands crack a lot? Mm-hmm. You can't really hear it now, but yeah. it's more of a crunch. Yeah. You know, like them. I don't know if this is a weird thing, but my thumbs they crack a lot. Like mm. oftentimes I can just sit here and just do this and hmm. this one too. Hmm. Like been secretly making whips. <laughs> no, I actually my my body is very crack. Is it, is it a bad thing when things in your body crack? Like sometimes, like what I don't know if some this happens to you, but sometimes like your ankle will crack. Like oh yeah yeah I like, I, I don't think so I think as long or as like it, another weird thing is like my right knee cracks a lot. Like mm-hmm. many times a day, my right knee will crack. Yeah, that's what my ankles do. Um, speaking of crack, yeah. <laughs> Good. Or like even like you know your neck or something. Mm-hmm. Crack back. Knees. Yeah, back. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that's just me kind of uh, vomiting out a lot of my thoughts uh, after being gone for a while. Hmm. Yeah. I'd be surprised if anyone is still listening. <laughs> but you know what? We don't do it for them, do we? No, dude. No, we do it for us. Oh, we're recording? Are you oh, serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we actually, these mics are just. Uh, I thought we were just pretending we were like famous podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be an interesting job as well as like actually podcasting full time and mm. making money off of it. Yeah, I would. I would. Hint, oh. hint, hint, oh. hint, hint. It's late. Pull out your wallets. Let's, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Um, Ugh, with, too. with uh what happened to my theme song? You know what? I don't I don't have I don't have time to mess with it now, but in post I'm gonna add in the picks. Let's just hum it. Let's sing it. Dude, it's just a short little there it is. There yeah, exactly. How's that? <laughs> How's All right. that? <laughs> All right. Why don't you pick something? Dude, I'm not gonna lie, I'm picking something on the fly right now. Yeah, me too, probably. Um, dude, I would have to say... Have you heard that new John Mayer record? No. No, I haven't. Dude. I'm going to listen to it's, it. There's a few songs that I don't care for that much, but that's every John Mayer record. There's always a couple that I don't love. Yeah. Um, But there's some on there that are super solid. Just, hmm. Just very tight. Like the the band is just very locked in. It's yeah, great musicians. Hmm. That's this is what I always love about John Mayer records is like, I don't I don't know what the average John Mayer listener is thinking when they listen to his music. If they're listening more so because they like him and they like his voice, hmm. but I listen to John Mayer records because he always has exceptional musicians playing with him, and the band is just tight as hell. Mm-hmm. Like they're just so good. So yeah, that's my favorite part of of John Mayer records. I guess that'll be my pick is John Mayer's new record. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I could say like the art of salmon fishing. That's fine. Trout fishing. Don't is overthink cool. it. Just, just yeah. think of something that you've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. It can be anything. Yeah. I've been, I've been lately, uh, hitting up trail Creek in Michigan city. Um, trying to catch these big old, they're just, they're technically just big rainbow trout. They call them steelhead, and they run in the fall and also in the summer. 
in the winter. Um, but these fish are just really big. And I'd recently been trying to, you know, find out when they run and stuff. And I haven't had any success in locating the fish until I went to the beach with my brother, Luke. Who's Le- who's Luke? Oh, he's one of the three. He's he's the, the third guy who... Yeah, who sometimes comes on the show. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was with him at the beach, and this lady had a fishing rod, and she was had a kayak, and I was like, hey, you doing some fishing? She's like, no, I'm just carrying a fishing rod. No, I'm just kidding. But I asked her, <laughs> she's like, yes, I am. And I was like, do you, do you know if the steelhead trout are running? And she's like, yeah, and uh, I can tell you where. So she's like, Old Johnson Road... I won't won't say where exactly it is, but uh, it's this place in Michigan City. And she was very nice and told me where to go. And I was like, great, thank you so much. So the next day, I showed up, pulled into the parking lot. There's all these cars there. And then I went down into the ravine where the the, uh, Trail Creek was running through. And there's all these people there. And I'm walking along the shore or along the, the side of the creek here, and there's a few people have some fish that they've already caught. Beautiful, big, you know, 24-inch, big old trout. And uh, just to see these fish in, in, in person for the first time is, is actually really cool. You know, there's big old big old fish, just really cool animals, and just the, the art of, of catching them, which I have not Fishing is, is is an art... Um... I feel like fishing fishing is like golf to me. Yeah. It's like it's a sport but just barely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. Well, they're very impressive impressive fish and they're tricky. I think today I actually went too and I I bounced you know like bait off of their noses and they won't even bite. So it's it's very challenging. I don't know what I don't know. What more can you do at that point? I don't know, dude. Uh, Just reach in and grab them with your hands, (laughs) which is legal, of course. (laughs) It's illegal? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Weird regulations, yeah. Who makes these regulations? I don't know, dude. Probably the fish. Is it the feds (laughs) or is it the... Oh, yeah, the fish. (laughs) Yeah, they're the ones making the regulations because they don't want to die. I think it's the state. That's the state. Uh, DNR. Oh, thank you. Looking yeah. out for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the fish love it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we just won't bite. <laughs> yeah. We're safe. Yeah, that's how you protect yourself, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I've been getting into that. Enjoy it. I'll probably go back again tomorrow. Nice. Won't be able to help What's myself. What's your favorite beer right now? Favorite beer? Man, that is a tough one, dude. Have you, uh, have you had anything that's new and fresh or interesting lately? No. Or just kind of stuck to the familiar? I've been just sticking with like, you know... Uh, couple times a week I'll have <laughs> Coors Light. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean like Blue Moon. That's not interesting. I'll have um, maybe a nice uh, wheat ale or something or an oatmeal stout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, can, nothing, I can do an oatmeal stout. Yeah. Just about any time. Some Guinness. It's pretty good. Very dark. Yeah, Guinness Guinness has got some some darkness, mm-hmm. some darkness in there. You know, I I find that like a little strong for those me, but, dark yeah. beers. If I, if I'm thirsty, something like an amber beer, like is, like is Dos Equis. yeah, like <laughs> that'll that'll quench your thirst pretty well. But anything darker than that is like no, like you're drinking and you're like, it's it's not something you drink when you're thirsty. Really, I've learned. Yeah, for me, you know, you know, 
It's funny because like Coors Light or Miller's Light, when it's really cold, that'll quench your thirst. That's it's, almost it's pretty like, light. That's like it's almost water. So right, it's like right. it, it feels refreshing yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, uh, it's like, ice uh, cold when you're doing a little fishing, dude. Bring a little beer. Oh, that's that's always pretty. That good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I I, I just like shiners. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dude. Prickly pear shiner. Prickly pear is great. Mm-hmm. You tried strawberry blonde, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Very, very subtle notes of strawberry, as they yeah. say. <laughs> but it was mid- good. They might it was say good, it that though. way, but yeah. I thought it was subtle, but it was it was good. I think the one that I had I loved wasn't it. that cold, so I probably was. It wasn't a good experience no. for you. To, for me, a beer, judge. it's got to be borderline frozen, dude. Like yeah. thirty-three degrees. Otherwise, yeah, it's I just, mean, it's like. It's got to be like almost about to explode in your hand. So, yeah. So yeah, like it expanded. Yeah, you got to stick it in liquid nitrogen for at least five minutes and then take it out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, anything, anything short of cold, mm. ice cold, it's not, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had Angry Orchard in a while. Oh, me either. It's funny because my, my brother is very big on ciders only. Like he. Or just sweeter. That's that's not fair. That's not a fair characterization. But he's just he's just a non beer person. How about mm. that? Yeah. He 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 likes he likes cider, sweet drinks like that. Um, Red's apple ale, angry Smith and Forge. <laughs> that's the worst cider I like ever. Oh, so bad. Yeah. Um, for a cider, it was bad. I wonder if I could learn to like it. It's. It, I feel like it's hard to screw up a cider. Like mm. it's a sweet drink, but they did. They messed it's it up. So bitter. Um. Yeah. And he. Yeah. So he likes stuff like that and uh, mixed drinks that are kind of fruity, mm-hmm. as opposed to here's an oatmeal stout. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> but I don't know. Is do, do you feel like there's some component of masculinity to uh to what you choose to drink? Like for instance, yeah, I think so. If, That's if the you're stigma. drinking like a Smirnoff Ice, is there any semblance of, oh, this is so, like, I'm like such a pretty boy right now or something? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like it's a feminine drink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For, for I mean, certain. that crosses my mind when if I have for one. sure. I mean, I'll I'll drink one around anybody. I don't care. I but had it's dinner. Just like, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's it's fine. It's just like I think that's the. It's hard to detach your own opinions on it from like the stereotype like oh yeah look at you oh absolutely i mean i don't care like yeah if i, I see some dude drinking one i don't give a shit it, exactly it's me too i'll drink yeah it. that's the fun exactly yeah. that's i'm the same way i had i had um i went out for dinner with my girlfriend the other night and we went to a, a pretty nice restaurant that's uh also a winery nice. and they let you have free wine samples mm-hmm. to figure out what you like and one of them was called passion fruit and it was a white wine and it was so sweet it was it was fruity it was like it was like barely wine mm-hmm. you know it was like it tasted like it was like 10% wine flavor and the rest was just like the fruitiness hmm. and i was like um oh, i like it but but there was that that vestige in me of like yeah but this is so feminine <laughs> yeah. and i was like but i know i don't care yeah. i don't i like it and right. i just admit to it yet there is some part of me that is obviously caring because I'm thinking about that. Yeah. How like, I'm like judging myself in a way like, yeah, but this is like, basically there's almost like this subconscious thought of like, 
the reason I'm okay with this is because I also like the masculine things. Isn't you know, that interesting? it's like I balance myself out with the oatmeal stouts and the scotch. Yeah, you know, and Isn't that's it- plenty masculine. But if I was just liking this, then I might have a problem. Yeah, isn't it funny though? Like when 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 a man likes something that that girls naturally do, it's like, oh, look at look at this, look at the uh, little pretty boy over here. But but when a girl does what a guy usually does, then it's hot. Oh, that's hot. You know, like it for example, who? like. No, that's just the thing. Like, if if a, some you mean, dude's that's crocheting, a general uh, cultural yes, perception. You yeah, mean? if some dudes like got crocheting needles and he's like knitting a rug, <laughs> yeah, know, people are gonna be. I mean, that's I, I think cool. Go for it. But yeah, the, the, the I, norm, I don't judge that hobby at all. No, but people will be like, man, me that's kind of gay or something. Yeah, but people are gonna be like, wow, look at this guy. But if a girl is like into like motocross or she rides or, a Harley, she shoots guns. It's like, wow, she's hot. Yeah, that's to, hot. I have to admit, yeah. you know, the idea of like a, an attractive woman out on the gun range to me, there's something about that that goes, "That's that's pretty cool." Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I just think it's interesting, like, you know, going from you know female to male things that's that's attractive, that's sought after by men. But a guy who does, you know, why is it that way? Like, well, how have we come to that? It's interesting. I have no clue, and I am not going to pontificate on that. I mean, neither is too a, late. That's a good place. <laughs> yes, that's a good place to cut it it's off. It's interesting, though. I always, I've thought about that before. You know, why is it that? Yeah, I don't know. Who came up? It's with a male dominant world, maybe. Yeah, might be shifting though. Yeah, might be. Uh, I don't know. Some people think that. Like, do you remember back in high school? Uh, we had. Is it is it okay to say somebody's name? You always beep it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna, like you're gonna yeah. do that. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna freaking take time to, dude, say their name. Sense they it. won't listen. Well, I think it was our senior year. Um, we had Mrs. Crawford as our English oh, teacher. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, the chances of her listening to this are about point zero 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 two percent. So I yeah. feel pretty pretty confident. She was a very attractive woman, by the way. Yeah, she was. Um, <laughs> Is I don't think she died. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, her her husband was a really in, interesting guy. Like he was, yeah, he would sip the scotch. Yeah, he was the kind of guy that would put on a nice button up shirt, nice pair of pants, a sport coat, and then drink scotch. Yeah, my kind of guy. Classy honestly. mofo. Classy, <laughs> definitely. Like this guy had a sense of. Uh, of a, he was he was a very genteel kind of guy, you know, like yeah. refined and uh, sophisticated. Absolutely, um, I don't well, know if I, well read. I think I saw him. I never got to talk to him. I don't think. I don't remember if I did either. We we might have. She might have introduced him to us. I think at some point, but hmm. we never really. Ha- I don't think any of us really had meaningful conversation with the guy. Let's hmm. put it that way. But uh, but he was. She's getting into the frisbees. Oh. I thought I told you to get out of here. <laughs> That's the universal. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the cat's trying to get out. We just go. That's right. Look, there she goes. Yep. They're so yep. used to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like Pavlov's cats. <laughs> uh, where was I going with this? So I was going to say she assigned to us an article that we were supposed to read. And the title of it, I still remember this. The title of it was The End of Men. You remember that? And it was basically this, 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 uh, presumably a female author was writing about how 
society is shifting and there's changes in society that are basically in within the culture and stuff. Um, and these cultural trends, the way things are going in the future are more favorable to the way women are naturally than the way men are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously the headline of, or the title of the article was, um, intended to be, uh, um, um, a little melodramatic stirring some controversy right yeah. exactly exactly um and then we she wanted us to read it and then give our opinions and uh mm. i don't know it's nonsense though let me say that that's a bunch all of you, all you feminists <laughs> yeah that's nonsense <laughs> there you go i said it all right let's get out of here and uh we'll we'll talk to you guys next time this is going to be, uh, I would hope that every other week is still a possibility, but no guarantees. All right. Next time. See you.